Welcome to the interview podcast of What's Eric Eating. If you missed Tuesday's show, we've decided to split the podcast into two episodes per week. One for news on the restaurant of the week, and a second with just the interview. We're doing this because we think listeners might enjoy having two shorter podcasts a week instead of one long one. So with that said, let me introduce my guest this week. She's Chef Jane Wild, who is serving food at markets all over town. Jane, welcome back to the show. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Thanks for doing this. The last yeah. time I talked to you, you were running the Dunleavy, yes. uh, a restaurant that was part of Clark Cooper Concepts, and and none of that exists anymore, right? The Dunleavy right. closed, became Flora. Uh, Clark Cooper Concepts split up. Grant and Charles, the owners of Clark Cooper, went their separate ways in a in a an amicable split. And and you went from being the chef of a, a very busy restaurant. Uh, to kind of doing your own thing. So so take me back to, to 2020 <laughs> when you, you know, what was, what was your life like as, as your time at the Dunleavy wound down? Oh, wow. So um, that week of hearing the news that uh, restaurants were having to, to possibly close, to take out only, uh, we had to tell our team that uh, we didn't know, but they needed to go home. Um, then it was uh, basically two chefs in the kitchen and we ran the kitchen and uh, a to-go program from the Dunleavy. And we did brunch and lunch to go. And then we started creating uh, family meal dinners, uh, picnics for the bayou so people could eat outside. Um, we uh, also did like uh, mixed drinks to go during that time. So it was really creative. Um, and that really wasn't working for the Dunlevy. Uh, we really needed to be doing events uh, to keep that team going. And uh, they had some of us uh, move over to Copa. And that's where I joined uh, with Chef Michael Hoffman. And he and I did family dinners to go out of Copa and people could order them uh, throughout the week. And we'd have a theme and we did paella from um, Ibiza. And then we did Thanksgiving in July. We were just being really creative. Um, and we would do everything from bread to desserts. And uh, we did steak nights. And you could you could get something for a family. You could get for two or for eight. And then we did Easter and Mother's Day. Um, and then it just looked like we weren't going to open. The Dunlobby was not going to be able to reopen still anytime soon. Um, our requirements were still very strict. Uh, and so I was furloughed at that time. And uh, it, it was good because I had been basically running like mad from March to uh, the end of August, uh, pivoting, creating things, new recipes every week. And uh, it was really fun, but I was grateful for the rest. Um, and I took a couple of weeks to rest. And then I jumped in to help Golden Bagels for a little bit. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I completely forgot yeah. about your your Golden Bagels sojourn. Yeah, yeah. Talk, talk yeah, about that for just a minute. It was a short little journey, but it was super fun. Um, I really enjoyed using that old um, East Coast bakery that was on a it was a, on a wheel. It was a true bagel oven that had the heat inside and it turned. That was really magical. We did some really fun things. Um, there we, uh, we, um, started doing some of, uh, uh, we did some Jewish takeout, uh, dinners also to celebrate Hanukkah. And, uh, that was super fun. Um, and I have a lot of customers that ask me for, 
those items or they did this last year. They remembered that. And um, it's really cute because my son uh, has a new girlfriend and her uh, parents bought one of the the Hanukkah meals. So it was like full circle. They were surprised to know that I was behind that. But that was really fun. But uh, one of the um, agreements with uh, Golden Bagels was I would be able to start my own brand and use their commercial kitchen to do that. And I wanted to do markets because when I did get furloughed, that was my goal was I'm just, I'm just going to start my own thing and go. And um, when I was there and doing my own thing, my um, business was growing and so much that um, I took the choice to uh, resign and just go full force doing my own thing. And so since that uh, February that year, uh, February, uh, Valentine's Day, what was that, 20, 2021 was like, I was full force Jane Wild and out in the wild on my own. So what was it about the markets and being out on your own that, that appealed to you? Why, why did that seem like the right next step instead of looking to get back into a restaurant or, or working for another hospitality group? Uh, well, number one, I want to do my own uh, brand. Um, I have food values and things that I really uh, feel strongly about. And I want to uh, continue doing that. Um, I have an entrepreneurial, an entrepreneur spirit that um, I've been uh, doing my own thing since high school, I had to pay my way uh, to Washington, DC, I had Sunshine Cookie Company, and I was in a ton of extracurricular, so I couldn't pick up a real job or a regular clock in, clock out job. So I started Sunshine Cookie Company and um, I was serving, I would be cooking at night and then take them to school or to meetings or whomever I sold them to. Um, I uh, wanted to go to Europe and saw that uh, uh, some of my classmates were raising animals in FFA and they were making a lot of money. So my first year, I got fifth place with a sheep, and then I learned a ton from that. <laughs> and then the next year, I got grand champion, and I got several thousand dollars for my animal, and I went to Europe. So um, I've had this entrepreneurial spirit for a very long time, um, and the the leaders that I've worked with and the companies that I've worked with have given me incredible skills. Um, and then it's just the drive is in me to uh, just go forth and learn from the lessons you know the mistakes are all lessons and learn from those and grow um i love community and uh i already shot farmers markets when i was a chef so being a part of that community was uh it just it feels like home um uh i also like the aspect of the freedom of uh popping up and not having um a seven day a week um, gig going on too. And I can do seven days a week where I can do chef pop-ups or personal chefing, or I have the freedom to just do weekends or one day, one, one, uh, weekend day. So I love that. Yeah, no, because I think, you know, some people may remember, you, you know, I certainly met you the first time I met you, it was in Tomball. You had, yes. you had your cafe, Jane and Jane and John Doe. Uh-huh. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think that that's sort of the other, like I, I can understand wanting to get back into like doing your own thing. But but just kind of just just go into a little more detail, like 
why why this kind of market pop-up situation instead of opening another cafe or a, a coffee shop or whatever you want to call it? I mean, I guess the vision is there to have another uh, cafe and coffee shop. And um, but right now, just starting small and having that full freedom and control as I'm uh, uh, gaining customers, um, getting some uh, business, a business resume together to and then uh, to launch uh, on my own when I have the capital ready to go. Uh, I do like every single market. The first thing that probably every other customer asks is where's your storefront? Where can I get this during the week? So I know that there is a demand and I know that people are very excited about what I do. Um, every week there's a line and um, I'd love to have that one day, but right now uh, this, this past year uh, it was my son's senior year in high school and just like as a family kind of uh, rallying around him. That was really awesome because most of, most of my motherhood has been work and then parenthood. So it's, it's been really cool to have uh, this last year, his senior year doing this. And then he's joined in with me. Um, and right. that's really I think cool every too. market I go to, I, I see him there uh, right alongside you, your partner's there uh, pretty yep. frequently. Nathan's uh, there. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a nice little team you've built. I talk, talk about kind of growing this thing from kind of your initial markets to, to where you're at now. Yeah. Um, so um, when I made the decision, uh, my family got behind me and said, yeah, let's do it. And um, I have so much belief in what I can do. And then I have a community of, of uh, family and friends that believe in what I can do. Um, I hired a personal uh, coach and he helped me um, like really build the foundation and the vision, the food for rebel souls. Um and uh, really driving local, like that's my heart, like farm to table, knowing the farmers, knowing where the food comes from. Um, I'm one of those chefs that know that that food is energy and there's vibrations. And so just really wanting to keep that like um, esoteric, really cool um, thinking about food and everything I make also seasonally. But um, it, just with what I had, I started by I started figuring out like what is what are the rules for a market um got those rules what do I need to have white tent and weight so you get those you get the table uh you create the vision of what you want that table to look like or what you want your menu and products to look like um and you apply for the markets and um uh, then you get it and go. It's, um, I started off, uh, in my personal kitchen with the cottage law, which is really remarkable that we have that. Um, and especially being a professional, that was a real easy transition. Uh, that, but then I grew so fast that, um, uh, that Valentine's day, I did $5,000 in take home meals from my little apartment kitchen. And that's huge. So I immediately started looking for a commercial kitchen. Um, because I knew I had already outgrown my, even my idea of a farmer's market. So, um, um, I started off, uh, I've, I've kind of gone through a couple of, uh, different commercial kitchens and, uh, the one I have now is on Montrose and West Gray, uh, the Blood Brothers own it and Michelle from Between is in there, uh, Acasa's in there. There's several other, um, Hot Pops are in there. There's several other chefs that are in there, uh, doing their businesses through that space too. 
Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I think what, what strikes me about, you know, your output even more than, than other vendors at, at some of the other markets is just the sheer variety, right? It's, okay. you know, you're, you're not just doing cookies. You're not just doing muffins. You know, I mean, I, I mean, I was there, you know, I, I came by the rice village market uh, and saw you over the weekend. And I, I mean, you literally must've had like two dozen different things, uh, different items for sale. Oh yeah. And I have a whole section of my table. It's gluten-free um, because I have a lot of gluten-free customers, people who need that. Um, and then I have some vegan items mixed in. Uh, the cool thing about the rice farmers market is I can cook live there. So that's super fun to be able to cook breakfast. Um, uh, yeah, but yeah, we start on Wednesday and uh, it's all prep, all fresh. It's a small kitchen, so we don't have a lot of space for storage. So we start Wednesday over every week and build up. And then um, we are, I start in the kitchen at midnight on Friday night and bake through the night. And then we pop up at the market. So by the time you see me at the market at eight or nine o'clock, I've worked a full shift. And then uh, we're at the market for four hours. And uh, then we take it all back, clean up, uh, reevaluate for uh, the Sunday market. And then I do it again, uh, Saturday, Saturday night, start at midnight or one o'clock and, uh, then work through the night. So when you see me, yeah, I've been working a full shift. So it's, but the cool thing is, is I get to touch everything. Um, I think that I, as a, um, as a chef, you just, that's one thing I've always loved is the actual process. Um, I have an amazing prep cook that works with me. Her name is Gloria. And, uh, uh, I've been able to teach her to mimic everything that I do also. So that's been incredibly rewarding is, um, she did not have a baking background and to give her those skills. Um, and then she's come to love the fact that we change the menu every month. So she's, what are we making? What are we making next month of the last after we've pulled the last muffins or cookies out of the oven uh, for this week, knowing that next week will be the new month. She's always excited to know what flavors or what items we're going to change. But yeah, I do. Um, the highlight of the table is probably my pies. And I always have four flavors. Um, I always have a savory tart, which is uh, I sour the milk. People are always confused when they're like, is it buttermilk? I, well, I sour milk. Um, it's similar to buttermilk, but it's whole milk that's soured versus um, an, uh, buttermilk. Um, and I love that flavor. It's a little bit brighter. And so I have that savory egg tart that features um, a, an, a, a farm that I buy pasture-raised eggs from. And then I have um, a line of biscuits that I make. Uh, I call them vandalized biscuits. So we have the plain biscuits and then we have a vandalized biscuit with strawberry jam. And then uh, we have some that have bacon, egg and cheese and egg. And then we've got scones and uh, cookies and muffins and people pick up for the week for their party. Just grab one thing. It's quite the table. Yeah, it's it's quite. The, well, right. As you said, you know, <laughs> sweet and savory, uh -huh. uh, gluten free and gluten full, vegan and omnivore. I, I mean, it's. I mean, I, I just, I just, I can't believe it. like, it's, it's kind of overwhelming. Like, like when someone walks up to the, to the table for the first time, like, how do you kind of guide them if, if they're not sure what to get? Yeah. Yeah. That I get that question a lot. Like, what's your favorite thing? 
And the one item that is at every single market is the salted honey pie. And I always say, start with a pie. And uh, that salted honey pie is a play on uh, uh, salted caramel. I just love it so much. And then we use B2B's honey. Uh, so local honey here in Houston. Um, I get to call them out. Um, and people usually bite on that. Um, and then the other things that take off are uh, biscuits and pretzels. So between those three things, that's why, where I guide. Uh, but everything is so beautiful too and abundant looking. It's very exciting. Um, uh, no, I don't see anyone else baking like, like the way I'm baking for sure, which is super fun. Um, I learned a lot of my baking. Um, I was a savory uh, most of my culinary career till I moved to Portland, Oregon. And that's where I gained a lot of my baking skills. And um, I really missed that. And that was the whole point of uh, Jane and John Doe coming about was, man, I miss the coffee. I miss those, um, just those baked goods that are just so generous and abundant looking and cool flavors. And so really wanted to bring uh, that plus my creativity to what I do. And that's what, when I show up at every market, that's what I bring. And, and I guess just, you know, do you, cause you know, you're at the urban harvest market, which is every Saturday you're at rice village, which is two Sundays a week. You're at, or two Sundays a month, rather uh-huh. you're at Heights, uh, Heights mercantile, which is the other two Sundays a month. Yes. Uh, there's the Thursday, there's the sunset market at, at MKT Heights, which I think is one Thursday a month. Right. I mean, is it, is it the same menu at every market or, or have you noticed like, as you go to these different markets, there are different things that sell a little better at some than at others. Oh, for sure. Um, I keep the same uh, menu for the entire month, but I know that at Rice Village, I'm going to sell a lot more gluten-free than I sell uh, the regular, the gluten-full things. So I'll always bring an, an abundance of that. But yeah, absolutely. Like um, after you've been doing it for you know a couple of months, you start to see a pattern of of what your regulars want. Um, and uh yeah so i have the same menu for an entire month and then the next month things change either the fruit or the vegetables or um uh, something that i haven't thrown out there yet that i really want to feature and i'll feature that for sure but like right now like right now it's um my my uh pie flavors are like what's in season right now you're starting to see the at the farmer's market corn so i have a roasted corn pie that you get a little wedge of lime to go with um, peaches and, and cherries. Uh, and then of course, salted honey. And, uh, we had pecan this week for father's day, which was, it's delicious as a toffee streusel. So what do you, what do you do like in the July and August when it gets really hot and, and the only vegetables are like eggplant and okra? <laughs> well, but there's more than that. Um, I also uh, preserve a lot of, uh, if you follow me on Instagram, you see I preserve a lot of, um, I preserve tomatoes, I preserve, uh, I've just preserved a ton of cucumbers and red bell peppers. And then I'll just be opening up my cans or my fermented items and that will be uh, uh, in those. Um, I freeze, like I, I think I bought seven boxes of peaches um, it's probably one of my favorite fruits uh, from Texas. And um, we've processed those. We have some canned and we have some frozen. And I'll be using those throughout the summer to make cobblers and uh, for 4th of July and pies coming up. 
And let me just kind of ask you kind of the lifestyle question. I know you said you wanted to spend more time with your son, but, you know, obviously it's, it's a real grind. I mean, midnight, to, you know, midnight to noon and, and, you know, we should say, I mean, all these markets are outdoors. So you're, you know, it's really hot outside right now. You're, right. you're sweating, you're sweating for all the time that you're out there. Does it, does it make you kind of miss like the, the organization and the, and the kind of the daytime hours of a restaurant or, or, do you do you kind of like that it's you're you're kind of working when people are playing and then you're you're off when everybody else is working? Oh, I love that for sure. Um, do I miss that? Oh my goodness! Uh, to have uh, a sous chef and someone on the line and someone to prep like when you're last minute or you've got to turn something really fast. Oh yeah, I miss those kinds of things. Um, but I have never worked in a kitchen that had AC that was abundant. It's still hot in the kitchen, so. Um, that, that's nothing new. Um, but the grind, um, I have, I have, uh, two full days off and then, um, I start working back on Wednesday doing prep and then administrative stuff. And it feels, I don't know, I'm in this really cool rhythm where, um, it feels great. I feel rested. Yeah. Is it hot on Saturday and Sunday? Absolutely. But uh, my trick is to stay present. Don't think about it. Um, we do have, <laughs> we do have <laughs> tricks. Um, I mean, and I'm also just so grateful that I have the freedom that I can do my thing too. And that I have a line. I mean, that brings me so much joy to see my regulars and, oh my goodness, someone told me about you or I saw, I, I'm, I'm an Instagram follower and I'm a fan and I'm so excited to meet you. So that community, that's a driver. It doesn't feel so hot when uh, you have so much joy, you feel it. Um, uh, we've got some uh, tools back there where we've got um, ice and uh, towels that are soaking in ice water, things like that. And then electrolytes, of course, and our water bottles, um, staying hydrated. We hydrate before and then we, we get in the AC after we've cleaned up and take showers and all <laughs> chill out <laughs> to um, to cool down. Uh, but this will be my third summer and um, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's the people that make it exciting. And, and, you know, not to be too like commercial about this, but financially, I mean, I, I have the sense that you're making at least as much money as you ever made working in a restaurant. Um, as far as like sales coming in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I do. I'm very, we're very comfortable. Um, I'm, I'm just really busy and uh, people keep coming back. And so uh, with that, um, it, yeah, I feel like I'm making just as much. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and just talk about you, cause you mentioned, you know, you, you, you are available for some private chef opportunities and stuff like that. So, yeah. So just talk about like some of the work that you're doing for, for clients or, or for parties or, However, that that comes together. Well, something I'm really excited about this week, um, a farm has they're wanting to do an educational weekend. And so I've been asked to do a dinner. And so I'm going to do an open fire dinner out at uh, uh, Sergos Farms. And that's in uh, Santa Fe, Texas. Um, and they're a regenerative farm. And so they're having a, regener a gener regeneration weekend and uh, I'm doing open fire dinner and then I'm back for an open fire breakfast. And um, then they'll be doing some education 
throughout that about their farm. But uh, Friday night is going to be really cool. It's a dinner. They have uh, seven oak trees that creates this canopy. And then I'll have this crazy open fire and cage and I'll be cooking. But things that I do, I do anything from um, people have asked me to do breakfast bars. So I'll do a big biscuit station that has everything from mayonnaise to bacon, lettuce, and tomato, jams, uh, fruit, and then create breakfast stations for them. I've gone in and actually made dinner in, in people's homes to private chefing to um, create an atmosphere for a celebration that they're having. Um, I've done some really fun pop-ups like out at Brash. Um, at the yeah, you brewery. did a sausage pop-up, right? You did a <laughs> Yeah, sausage party. Um, and that was super fun. It was one of the uh, one of their uh, first of the uh, month markets, um, and it's always a good time out there. Um, let's see, what else have I done? Um, and then I join in with like Butcher's Ball and um, all those events too, um, doing fun things. All right. So you you mentioned the the regenerative dinner at the farm this weekend. That that nominally is was the the pretext for this uh, conversation this week. So. So just say a little bit, I mean, I, I have to admit, I have no idea what a regenerative farm is. How, oh, is, yeah. how is it different than a regular farm? And and what is it about what they're doing that that's so important? Yeah. Um, regenerative, regenerative farms right now um, are incredibly important. Um, and it's very exciting that we have we have over a handful here in the Houston area. And those farms um, are all about um, um, everything working together. So some famous ones that you can look up or you may have heard on other podcasts are uh, um, uh, White Oak Pastures with Will Harris, Polyface Farms with uh, Joe Sullivan. And what they do is rotational grazing. And um, in that rotational grazing, it allows the animals to be animals. Um, it has the chickens following the cows. And as they follow the cows, they're getting the um, uh, protein from the bugs that are in the manure, spreading the manure, which then is fertilizing the soil. And so each week or after several days, uh, they rotate the cows and then the chickens come in behind and then behind that it, it's pigs and then the pigs do the tilling, do their natural thing. And so they're all working the land and moving around and creating um, this incredible rich fertile soil um, and also putting the carbon back into the soil. Um, they do not use uh, pesticides or chemicals. They do not use antibiotics or any of the vaccinations that um, commercial farming does. So if you're someone who really uh, cares about those things and that's one of your values, um, they're doing it on small farms. And this one is um, a seven acre farm to large farms like White Oak Pastures, I think is, um, I wanna say thousands of acres that they rotate on. Yeah, I, I have a vague memory of reading The Omnivore's Dilemma several years ago. Mike, yeah, Michael Pollan yeah. writes about that pretty extensively, as I recall. Exactly. And uh, after COVID, there's this movement of uh, young people who are going into farming and homesteading and um, wanting food sovereignty, um, thinking about food shortages and how they can help um, feed the community if that does happen. Um 
and and it, and then it's just cool to know a family. And this family at uh, Sergos Farms, it's a young family. Um, Drew is in his 30s, and then they have three children under five. So lots of energy, a lot of gusto, a lot of passion behind what they're doing, um, a lot of creativity and ingenuity. Um, and they have goats and um, cattle and bees, and they have a, they have a full garden, um, pigs. What else do they have? Uh, they have a donkey. Oh, geese and turkeys and chickens. Um, it's quite an abundant farm on seven acres and it's really beautiful. And uh, anyway, it's, it's super fun. So um, yeah, my passion right now is uh, through my cooking is supporting those farms because I really want to have that choice for my own family. I cook probably 85 to 90% of our food and um, I get it from local farms and you can trace me all the way back to uh, Portland days and Chicago days of going to the farmer's market and taking my son and that's been our lifestyle. Um, and uh, I bring that through my cooking too. And then uh, to support the farm as they're doing something really cool to uh, educate, um, create an amazing atmosphere and evening, um, getting to see the animals and uh, see the sunset this Friday night. It's going to be great. There's an incredible breeze out there. Um, there's a lot of trees, so it's not as hot as it here is here in the city with all the concrete. Um, let's see what else about that. Um, he's going to do a tour of the farm for everyone. So we'll get wine and bites and then walk the farm and, uh, and then come back for a, an amazing dinner. Yeah. And I will, I will link to, uh, this dinner, assuming, assuming it doesn't sell out between, uh, Monday and Thursday, I'll, I'll link to this. So if, if there's still some tickets left, uh, awesome. people will be able to, uh, follow that link on culture map. And, and of course you can follow uh, Jane wild on Instagram. I'm sure you've got links to that too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they, it's in my highlights so they, too. Right. So people don't have to figure out how to spell synergus. Right. <laughs> well, I have to say, you know, we're, we're, you know, like I said, we're, we're trying a new format this week. You're my Guinea pig for that. Uh, you're also my Guinea pig for something we're doing this summer. Uh, we have an intern this summer, intern Abby, who I'm going to let ask a question. This is this is part of her her education with us. So, Abby, have you do you have a question for Chef Jane Wild? Yes. So my question is: since you've recently transitioned from restaurant life to markets, and you're also hosting a big event this weekend and doing private chef work, which way do you see yourself leaning in your future career as a chef, or do you think you will continue to be doing it all? Um. If, if you know me, I'll continue to be doing it all for sure. Um, uh, like I did say that uh, I do have a vision for a brick and mortar. And so if that comes, I still see myself popping in at the markets and doing live cooking breakfasts um, while I have a solid team. Um, and then uh, going out and doing um, dinners outdoors or in people's homes is um, incredibly inspiring and rewarding as a chef. And so I totally see myself um, if it's if it's the right client and uh, something I really really want to do, I totally see myself doing all of it. Well, I have to say that that brings me to the end of my questions. Is there anything awesome. that you would like to discuss that I haven't asked you about? Oh, um, no. Come come out and see us at the markets, and 
uh, grab your tickets for this weekend for this farm dinner. It's going to be really exciting and keep a lookout for what's next. Follow us on Instagram. Yeah, I, I will affirm. I had a very delicious blueberry rhubarb hand pie at the Rice Village Farmer's Market this weekend. And and I have bought pies from you for holidays and other occasions. And yeah, so I'm a, I'm a customer. I'm a, I'm not just, I'm not just your interviewer. I'm also a customer. Uh, I appreciate that. I enjoy seeing you guys all the time. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Well, Jane, thank you very much. Oh, g- give people your Instagram. Tell them how they can, they can follow what you've got going on. Yeah. So if you want to follow what I'm doing at the markets, it's Jane Wild MRKT. And that uh, Instagram, I cross-reference all the other Instagrams. If you want just my personal Instagram, um, it's Jane and the Lion. My son's a Leo, so that's where the lion comes in. And uh, yeah, that's that's the best way. I also have a website that you can order pies and baked goods from and see my events. I also have a blog there too, and that's janeandthelion.com. Awesome. Jane, again, thanks so yeah. much for doing this. Thanks so much, Eric. Nice to meet you, Abby. Nice to meet you as well. Have a good day, guys. Thanks so much. All right. That does it for this week's episode of What's Eric Eating. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back next week.